Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets. Other sites have gone back to the same old tactic of showing you a lower price and then charging huge fees at checkout. But at SeatGeek, the price you see is always the price you pay. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly how much you're paying, where you're sitting, and whether or not you're getting a good deal, all right from your phone. So drop your old site and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Hi, I'm Molly McHugh, and this is our yet-to-be-named tech podcast. Today, I'm happy to announce you can visit TheRinger.com and check out all the great content we have, including a feature I wrote about the absolutely massive custom emoji market. Related to that, this podcast is all about emoji. I'll be talking to Fred Benenson, author of Emoji Dick. The goal of the project was an emoji translation of Herman Melville's Mother Dick. We're also talking to internet linguist Gretchen McCulloch. I know the Unicode Consortium is is pushing for emoji as the singular and plural. I don't think we've collectively decided. The easiest thing to do is just pluralize it the same way that you pluralize any other word in English. But first, I'm joined by our staff writer, Kate Nibbs. Kate, how's it going? Hey, Molly. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Fusion is making an emoji news app. So it's like a chatbot meets emoji news, which is as much trendy internet stuff as you can pack into one app. Um, What do you think about this? Are you going to use it? Will you read emoji news? I don't think so. I mean, some of my favorite Twitter accounts are Cher and Carrie Fisher, and they both use emoji in very unique ways. And I like reading their tweets in emoji, but I don't think I'm ever going to want to read news like where I'm translating it in my head, especially for serious news. It just seems, I don't know. I don't ever want to read about a tragedy where I'm trying to decipher emojis to figure out who died or something like that. It just doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like the right fit. Oh, that's terrible. The other, like, I guess, big emoji thing, at least I saw it today or maybe yesterday was um, the emoji for the Bible. Please tell me I more. Was, you sent this to me. Yeah, I was reading about it because I was trying to see what books had been translated into emoji. And it turns out the holiest book uh, has been translated to emoji. And um, I saw some some news clips from like Christian websites and they seemed pretty jazzed about it. <laughs> um, but again, I mean, the same way I don't want to read my news in emoji format, I don't think I'm going to uh, have a spiritual awakening just because uh, they use the 100 emoji creatively uh, while interpreting the gospel or something like that. Like, Well, there's another very famous book that was translated into emoji, and it was a few years mm-hmm. ago now, but um, Moby Dick, which have, have you read Moby Dick? Actually, this is a great question. I have read Moby Dick. Oh, um, I have not. A, yeah. It's a wonderful book, except for the parts where he talks about whale anatomy for an exceedingly long time. But I highly recommend reading Moby Dick. It's a wonderful novel. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so someone translated um, the entire book, which is a lot of book, into emoji. And it's called Emoji Dick. Um, and that person is Fred Benenson. And we're actually going to talk to him. I'm joined by one of the original Kickstarter employees and author of Emoji Dick and How to Speak Emoji, Fred Benenson. Hey, Fred. Hi, Molly. So how did you kind of enter into this world of emoji? I had launched 
emoji dick while I was like basically negotiating a job with Kickstarter in late 2009. And just like to briefly recap for anybody who maybe wasn't like paying attention to this, I remember it, but it was you translated the entire book Moby Dick into emoji, like the whole thing, right? Well, I didn't translate it. Okay. I hired people to translate it. Um, but yeah, the uh, the goal of the project was an emoji translation of Herman Melville's Moby Dick. So um, it was a kind of eccentric idea I had because I was poking around with Mechanical Turk and I had kind of fallen in love with emoji really early on when they were only available to like Japanese iPhones. And my, my college roommate's wife is Japanese. And so she, she had kind of like gotten access to it earlier than the rest of us. And so he was sending me emoji and I was like, how are you doing this? What's going on? (laughs) So it turned out you had to like hack, you had to get this app, which like basically awakened the iPhone to having emoji available. And then once you had that, you could send emoji to whoever you wanted. And it turned out it was because it was this Unicode standard. And I was like, Oh, this is wild. And so those kind of like ideas kind of brewed together of like, how can I kind of push emoji to the limits? How can I push crowdsourcing to the limits? And that's kind of how I came up with emoji deck. iPhones without emoji, uh, what a dark time. Um, can't even <laughs> imagine. Dark but, ages. Yeah. How, how long did it take you or, and you know, everyone you were working with and, and to build the engine that you were using to create this thing, like from beginning to end, how long did it take to translate it? It's something like 10,000 sentences and the way I chose to do it made it more complicated and, um, <laughs> and, and, and complex than, uh, you might think, uh, just instead of just having one sentence done by one person, I actually had the same sentence done by multiple people. So each sentence would have three emoji translations and I would then, um, run those three translations against the original English and ask another set of people, which is the best emoji translation? So I did that for all 10,000 sentences. Um, So it was like five or six pieces of work per sentence. And um, I think the, I think the initial translation batch ended up taking like a a week and change, like a week and a half maybe, Um, which is not that long considering how big that book is. Um, But- Yeah, I'm actually surprised. Yeah, the, the the cool thing and the interesting part about Mechanical Turk is that you're running that work in parallel. And so I, I think in total I had like eight or 900 people work on that thing. And so some people did only a couple, other people probably did hundreds. And so by doing that work at the same time, you're kind of able to accelerate the project. Um, and so the result is this kind of like, kind of like multi-author, kind of like explosion of style and taste and, and voice in emoji, if you could consider it possible. Um, and, you know, I, I think the book is sometimes successful, <laughs> not always successful. <laughs> yeah, there's been like a lot of, um, you know, emoji translations really different to everybody. But um, mm-hmm. can you just explain a little bit about Mecha- Amazon Mechanical Turk? Like, I know that you're you're kind of you're crowdsourcing uh, these like small jobs out to people, but how did you um, like decide to use it, and was it really easy to use it? I may be wrong about this, but I think Mechanical Turk was one of the earliest 
services that Amazon built as like a public facing web service. And now they have this like huge part of their business. I mean, it's like billions of dollars, like huge, you know, Kickstarter is entirely run on Amazon web services, but um, it had started off as this kind of set of things that Amazon had built internally for their own purposes that they were kind of like opening up um, so that you could kind of like rent things by the hour or pay people for these small tasks. And so Mechanical Turk was um, uh, originally an internal tool that Amazon used uh, to tag products like, you know, here's an iron. Does it belong in the like home and kitchen section or like this other section. Right. And so they built it as like a massive tagging system, but then realized that it might be useful for other people running, you know, small tasks and that kind of thing. And so um, everyone was kind of like amused by this and it kind of just floated around in the kind of like internet nerd world. And, you know, there's some kind of deeper ethical questions about like hiring people for, you know, these discrete tasks over the web. Um, and like how much a fair pay is. And when you're paying somebody five cents or 10 cents to do one thing that takes three seconds, it's like suddenly all of your intuitions about like labor and like fair pay are just like out the window. And you're like, you're like, I don't know, should I pay somebody a dollar? <laughs> like it's, it's totally weird, right? Um, and so that just kind of got me thinking and interested in it. And so I, I just was like, what is the weirdest thing I can put on Mechanical Turk? Like yeah. what is like, you know? And so before Emoji Dick, the, the idea I had was, um, to simply ask Mechanical Turk workers for more Mechanical Turk work projects. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so meta. Yeah. And so I came up with this like long list and some of them were really funny. I don't think translate a book into emoji was on there, but yeah. it definitely got me thinking of like other ways I could use it. And so it was kind of just in the back of my mind in the way that like, you know, an artist might have a technique or something. I was like, one day I'll do something interesting with this thing. I, I mean, I remember in college, like looking through Mechanical Turk and being like, what can I, you know, I'm, I'm a poor college kid. What can I earn five cents to do? <laughs> and if I had seen like translate a book into emoji, it would have been like done deal. Absolutely. Sign me up. Um, that's, do you yeah, like, I, a, is there like a shout out in the book to like all of these authors? Yeah. 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 I actually, a piece of fan mail or two about Mechanical Turk. I uh, I have a screenshot from some Mechanical Turk work forum where somebody was like, this guy Fred seems to have some interesting tasks or something. <laughs> and then I had like one or two people write me emails being like, I really enjoyed doing this. And I think it was probably because I was paying a little bit more than average. Sure. And like, and then, why? But I, I like to think they enjoyed it. Um, yeah, they weren't like yeah. pressing enter 2000 times on a screen. So it was like the most joyful day of their lives. So, so to answer your question, the, the the back of the book, there's an acknowledgement section, and I, I thank all the people who supported me through the Kickstarter project. But then I also individually thank all the Mechanical Turk workers by their Mechanical Turk work ID, which is just like a oh string of letters and numbers. That's awesome. I love so that. They got okay, they got credit. I would look it up if I knew I'd done that. I would absolutely be looking that up. That's great. Um, and yeah, we talked about this a little bit when I was telling you about the podcast, but you, you're, you're tired of emoji, um, or like it's where I'm a little concerned we're at the top of the hype cycle, but I say that every year and then it gets bigger and more and more people are cool with it and it's in more and more places. Um, so I, you know, it's, it's more that emoji dick was this funny thing that like a couple dozen friends and family of mine supported and it was, uh. It was just this thing that I did on Kickstarter, and it was like this proof of concept, both about like emoji and crowdsourcing, but also like Kickstarter itself. I was like, 
there's a cool company that enables like weird stuff like emoji dick to happen. Like, yeah, totally. up, you know, and so, so that was kind of it until it just kind of like lived out on the internet by itself alone and became like thing, a thing that people talked about and people kept on buying it. And then the library of Congress got like in contact and they're like, we want to acquire it as the first emoji only book. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> And then, like, once I publicized that, people were like, the Library of Congress is, like, accepting emoji. Day. And then that cascaded into this whole other set of, like, yeah. And so, like. Maybe you started it. You started I, this, like, <laughs> marketers. They're like, oh, okay, we're on board. I was, like, ashamed about doing such an insane <laughs> emoji project for so long. And now it's turned into this, like, weird side career where I'm some kind of, like, emoji expert. And I think it's just the kind of thing where some part of my brain has just accidentally stumbled upon like a quirky news item like theme that like continues to reward me with like random interviews and panels at like humanities festivals yeah. and, like i'm just like all right i'm not gonna fight it emoji dick wasn't the end for you though can you tell me more about your most recent book how to speak emoji how to speak emoji thing came out of my effort to try to build an emoji translation engine which was ultimately unsuccessful but okay. um I launched a Kickstarter project that didn't hit its goal, embarrassingly, especially <laughs> when, um, to try to raise money to buy even more Mechanical Turk work so that we could create another data set so that we could train a like machine learning, natural language processing translation engine on emoji to English like words and so and our, our, our sentences really. And so that was going to require at least $10,000 worth of um, like work on Mechanical Turk, which was like pretty expensive. And so we raised, we, we launched a Kickstarter project. We didn't hit the goal. Um, I was a little bit relieved by that. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the rewards was that we were going to write an emoji phrase book. And we just kind of thought that was like kind of a funny theme to like make the project work. But I got contacted by a, um, publisher, eBerry Press, which is an imprint of Penguin Random House. Um, and they said, we were thinking about doing a phrase book as well. Would you want to work on this with us? And I was like, okay. And I thought about it and I was like, this, sure, I'll do another book in emoji. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's got like a, you know, maybe five or six different sections, everything from like basic conversation to like emoji in the workplace to like nightlife. And it's like, it's like a humor book. Like it's a lot of the fun of the book is like punchlines of like, Oh, that's a funny way to express this thought and emoji. Right. So um, I, yeah, it's, it's done surprisingly well, actually. Um, it sold more copies than I was expecting and it's got like really good reviews on Amazon. So yeah, I'm looking at it on yeah. Amazon. These reviews are great. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Yeah. The, the UK Amazon one has a review where I think the only there's only one one star review and it's that the book is not appropriate for children. And <laughs> I'll just say that that's my kind of one star review. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Um, well, OK, so one thing when you kind of mentioned that, you know, a tipping point with emoji or something. And like you said, I think you're right. I don't think it's happening. Uh, I just think maybe people who have been more aware of it for a while are like, oh, man. We're reaching uh, a, saturation. A, yeah, a huge saturation point. So I'm wondering if um, things like branded emoji and celebrity emoji packs are doing something bad maybe to emoji because, you know, like 
this effort by Unicode is to make something that's global and understood by everyone. And it's, it's a international kind of visual language mm -hmm. of sorts. And so when you like insert all of these, um, pop culture, mostly you, you know, United States, uh, uh, of origin references, are we like corrupting something? And I don't think a lot of people know the difference between a sticker and emoji. And so, I just wonder if uh, if that's going to like deteriorate at the purpose of emoji or maybe well, I'm I, like I, reading I love, way too much this, into it. I love this topic. No, okay. it's, it's super interesting to me because, you know, as soon as I kind of wrap my head around emoji and like the all the weird kind of particularities about the first set, like how much Japanese food there's in there and like which countries they left in and which ones they didn't for the flags and like, right. you know, early when it didn't support like you know, same gender couples, like you're like, okay, emoji kind of has to like stretch a little bit if it's really going to be global. And Unicode was obviously thinking about this and kind of came around to it, but it made me realize that emoji, because it's a finite set, there's this inherent tension in what it includes and what it doesn't include. And it has to be that way because it's a standard, right? Like mm -hmm. an operating system can only support a certain number of characters. Um, it's not like an image where, you know, it's just getting sent across the wire and, and, and you're seeing what the person sent you. It's getting rendered from within the operating system. And so you're constrained to a finite list of emoji and sure Unicode's extending them and they made some really good choices about you know, adding same gendered couples and skin tone and, and, and fixing and making the flag stuff work really well. Um, but it was clear from my perspective that these are like still going to be kind of political issues. And when you're, you know, when your food stuff of your country isn't represented in the emoji set, like it kind of hurts. And you're like, yeah. I, you know, like I can't send a dumpling to my friend. And like, it's crazy that emoji doesn't have dumplings. And it wasn't until this year that they like decided that they were going to do that. So I always felt like they were, it was inherently political and, and, and it, and because it's baked into our operating systems, um, it's everywhere. And so it's like very intimately political in this really interesting way. And Unicode obviously realized this too. And, you know, from all appearances, they're not like entirely comfortable being in the hot seat trying to decide what the next batch of emoji are because you know they can only suggest so many and like you know mm -hmm. like Durex is trying to um, get yeah. them to a, a condom emoji and you're like, well, it makes sense to have a condom emoji, but yeah. like you know like that's that's super edgy and so Unicode is now saying, you know, this isn't sustainable. Like we're going to be adding like at this rate like 60 emoji a year and that's fine, but like it's starting to get really hard to organize them. Like, you know, there are all these other issues. Um, the future is going to be something like inline images that just work across operating systems and okay. like, like, you know, you'll be able to buy your sticker packs or get your celebrity emoji or like whatever. And then like you're simply sending an image instead of instead of like a text-based character, which then gets rendered. Part of me gets really sad about that because it's like, you're losing the standardization that makes emoji so great. And it actually makes emoji kind of like a little insulated from all the brand stuff. Right. So no matter how much, you know, Kim Kardashian wants to make her emoji, Unicode's never going to accept that. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. She has to have come up with this hack, which is fine for the most case, but like the, the true emoji set stays pure, you know, and, yeah. and their guidelines for criteria are actually like, uh, I think really reasonable. And so like, I just, I want that to work a little bit longer. <laughs> I think we have a little bit longer, not forever, but. <laughs> and, and, and listen, it's really, it's really rough when Unicode's like, we're not gonna like, 
you know, this is not the way forward. You know, they're even that they they're oh, like, totally. Yeah, I, I'm sure they're just uh, uh, Unicode is so overwhelmed with petitions to make something an emoji at this point that yeah. um, whoever has the job of like sifting through that first letter. Um, yeah. I'm very sorry for. But, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks so much for kind of running me through this. I know you talk about emoji constantly, but I always find it really fascinating. So I appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, I mean, I will say that I'm working on an emoji conference that's going to be happening in San Francisco in November. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have more info about that. Yeah, um, keep me up to date. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks so much to Fred Benenson. You can find more of his work at fredbenenson.com. I cannot believe that he was able to find 10 or enough people to translate 10,000 sentences into emoji. I, I'm fascinated by the fact that he didn't have everything translated once and he had it translated several times. Um, I'd be interested to see, uh, you know, the, the non-canon emoji dick and how different people's translations were. Yeah, I mean, I think one of my one of my favorite parts about talking to Fred about this is I didn't realize that he had used Mechanical Turk to mm -hmm. get all of the translations. Um, I would love that Mechanical Turk job. And I think it's so cool how he like <laughs> thanks all the people who have done this and how many people I would, you know, because their translations all have to be super different. So if you like read one chapter to the next. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, like, I guess you couldn't really. This book might make, I mean, it doesn't make any sense just reading it straight through. But I don't know. That's pretty cool. It's one of the more creative uses for Mechanical Turk I've ever heard of, for sure. Um, I've always been trying, I've been interested in using Mechanical Turk, but I haven't thought of a project that I want to put random people through. Um, <laughs> have you ever yeah. used it? No, I haven't. And I, I wish I were working on something cool enough. Um, I would be interested in seeing how someone translated the ringer into emoji. Uh, oh, new project. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully they'll have fun with it. But so the one thing I and I think I asked Fred a little bit about this is that he did this a while ago, back when we were like still kind of like, oh, wow, what is this cool new thing on our keyboards? Mm -hmm. And um, now it's like, have we reached peak emoji? Like if we translate some giant book into emoji, are we all going to be bored with it? And just like, oh, please, that's enough. I mean, I would be interested to see what Moby Dick would look like translated into uh, celebrity apps like Kimoji Dick or something. Oh, God. Um, but I, I mean, I would probably only read the first chapter. I don't know if Kim Kardashian has ever imagined that her uh, emojis would be used to say, call me Ishmael. But uh, <laughs> I mean, she's missing the whale, so it'd be really difficult. Maybe she'll do an update. Oh, God, we can only hope. But so one person who is still, you know, regardless of peak emoji, totally invested into this is Gretchen McCulloch, who she's she continues to study them. She's been studying emoji for a while and just Internet lingo in general. Um, but I talked to her recently and she had some really interesting things to say about like peak emoji and where emoji are going. Um, so, yeah, let's talk to her really quick. Now I'm joined by Gretchen McCulloch, who studies the internet and how we speak on it. Um, hey, Gretchen, can you kind of just like give me your official job title? My name is Gretchen McCulloch, and I'm an internet linguist. As an internet linguist, I want to start off asking you, is it emoji or emojis? That's that's a use that's in flux right now. I don't okay. think we've collectively decided. 
Um, I know the Unicode Consortium is is pushing for emoji as the singular and plural. Um, So when a word gets borrowed into English, right? So emoji comes from Japanese. And when a word gets borrowed into English, uh, the easiest thing to do is just pluralize it the same way that you'd pluralize any other word in English. But sometimes people either try to pluralize it the way that you would pluralize it in the original language. So in the mm. case of like Latin words that get pluralized like Latin, because for a long time, so much of the population was relatively fluent in Latin, uh, or just not give it an official plural and just have it be invariant from singular to plural. I mean, English has a few words that do this, like sheep. Um, right, or deer but, or something. Or okay. deer, but not a whole lot. Um, yeah. There are other words like sushi where we borrowed them and the plural is invariant, but really sushi is a mass noun, so it's not quite the same thing. Um, So emoji, I, you know, I think that we'll we'll have to collectively decide this over the next five or ten years and it's not it's not fully Uh. settled. Um, So I I myself am am inconsistent in my usage, which is like the worst thing, (laughs) because ideally people try to be consistent, whatever you're going to do. But I'm inconsistent. Uh, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> okay, okay. We like we talked about it briefly as we're putting together a style guide, and I was very like, emoji, emoji, there is no emojis. It's only emoji. So I, I really hope I'm not wrong, and I don't have to change this in like six months or something. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the one that the Unicode Consortium prefers, so you can okay. at least cite them. But like, governing bodies don't generally actually work when it comes to language. Like, people <laughs> just do what they want. So I uh, would say, true. you know, stay on the internet, keep your finger on the pulse of what people are doing. Um, and if need be, you change it because okay. language changes, you know. <sighs> so stressful. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to know a little bit about how you worked with SwiftKey on emoji stuff because that's kind of where my interest in internet language started. Yeah, so SwiftKey sent me an email uh, last summer uh, and they said, you know, hi, we're this, uh, you know. Emoji keyboard this, company. This smartphone, key- smartphone keyboard company. And we want to put together a presentation for South by Southwest about emoji because we have all this data and we'd like to have a, a linguist on board to analyze, uh, you know, to ask us more interesting questions about it. Because at the time, so they'd done a lot of stuff about, you know, people in this country or with this language preference set use this emoji more. And that had gotten mm-hmm. a lot of press from them. And they were working on their United States of emoji. So people in this state use this emoji more. And that got some press as well. And yeah, they, I loved that. I loved that PDF yeah. so much. And they thought, well, you know, I'm sure there are other interesting questions that we could be asking of all this data. And we don't, you know, we want some more ideas of stuff that it could do. And I think, uh, and so, you know, I'm I'm an internet linguist, so surely I can come up with questions. And I was really excited to work with them because they have access to this huge data set of emoji. And I didn't, you know, I didn't get access to the data directly because that's got privacy issues. So we were doing it all like one step removed. Everything was anonymized. Everything mm-hmm. was in aggregate. You know, like it doesn't tell us anything about your personal text to know that a lot of people use tears of joy. Um, sure. So it was very, very Still mass. most popular emoji. Still the Still most popular. Still the most popular. Good um, for face with tears of joy. In fact, the most popular three emoji sequences are number one, tears of joy, tears of joy. Number two, tears of joy, tears of joy, tears of joy. And number three, <laughs> tears of joy, tears of joy, tears of joy, tears of joy. So that's two times, three times, and four times. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love um, it. But, uh, well, people use it like laughter, and it's pretty right. weird to laugh with just one ha. 
true. You're right. That's a good point. Are there, so is there any like, is there anything you've discovered recently that you're just like, oh my God, new weird language thing that I have found and I need to understand that I will probably hear about in like, I don't know, seven months or eight months or something? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, I've been looking at small for a while, S-M-O-L. I'm- I just, I have no idea what that is. And I spend so much time on the internet. So this is So it's a variation on small. Okay. But people use it in kind of a non, a non-literal sense, like in a cute sort of way or uh-huh. attractive sort of way. Um, I wrote an article on it for Mental Floss a little while back. And so when I searched for it on Twitter, just to see where people were using it the most beyond just whoever happens to be on my Tumblr dash... Um, it seemed to be really common around members of the One Direction fandom. Okay. So people use it. There's a, a very there's, influential internet group. It's a very influential internet yeah, group. A lot absolutely. of them have tons and tons of followers. You, when you go to find One Direction fans to to quote, they'll be like, oh yeah, this person has 75,000 followers and they're Good a Lord. member of the One Direction fan. Wow. Um, and so they were using it to talk about the big ship um, like the big relationship that people talk about if they're One Direction fans is Harry and and Louis Lewis. Okay. Oh God. Um, which and uh, one of them I forget who I am not actually a One Direction fan uh, is shorter than the other and so he's the small one and the other one is the tall uh, one S M O L okay. and T O L so you can say it's like kind of small and tall which is Amazing. a slight difference from small and tall and it's like a cuter way of saying it. Um, <laughs> That's great. I like it. I mean, I guess the other thing is, to what extent is internet culture just going to become culture? No, that's totally true. But um, it's happening so fast that it's just like fascinating to hear more about. Yeah. Thanks so much to Gretchen for talking to us. If you want to read more about all the cool studies Gretchen's working on, you can head to GretchenMcCulloch.com. Uh, okay, Kate, do you think you could ever do Gretchen's job, like full-time analyzing internet speak and emoji? I think her job sounds fascinating and I would be terrible at it because <laughs> I don't have, like, I couldn't be a linguist in any way, shape, or form unless I went back to school and probably got a new brain. Um, but I'm happy she's doing it. Would Would you ever become an internet linguist? I would love to, but I do, like, she's so invested in things that... I think I read a ton of internet. Like I'm always on the internet. And when she's telling me some of these things, like small and tall, and I, I'm just sitting there like, I have never heard of this. <laughs> me neither, but I'm gonna I might test it out on my younger siblings and see if they think I'm cool. <laughs> okay, Kate, I ha- I'm gonna put you on the spot. And mm-hmm. what are under when you pull up text, what's your uh, mm-hmm. what's under frequently used emoji? I use the wine emoji a lot in communicating with my mother. <laughs> uh, I've I've been trying to make squirrel emoji happen. Um, I haven't really figured out what I'm even intending when I send it to people, but I think I think it's really funny to send like 15 squirrel emoji in a <laughs> row to my friends, and I'm like, figure it out, man. Do you have any um, celebrity emoji packs though? This is uh, perhaps more telling than your recently used even. Okay, I do, but in my defense, I thought I was going to write about them at some point. So I have uh, Kimoji, which I use frequently. And then I have Amber Rose's emoji pack, uh, which I use less frequently because it's kind of annoying to use. Uh, yeah, switching be- between keyboards is awful. Yeah. Uh, I don't have 
I don't have the future ones, but I'm I'm considering getting them. Do you do you have any others? Um, I have Kimoji and I downloaded Amber Rose's emoji, but I haven't, I think I like uninstalled it and I haven't put it back in yet. And then I did download Black China's emoji cause I, it's the newest and I had to check it out. Um, I mean, they're not terribly expensive, but a, no, okay, like this is going to sound so cheap, but a dollar 99 adds up and I'm just not going to be able to download every celebrity pack in the world um it's just not gonna happen so i think i might be done like i think i have enough non-emoji emoji emoji. yeah um kate thank you for talking to me about emoji all day um this is how i wish i could spend most of my days yep all right well cool well thank you for listening and we'll be back uh with another episode soon bye guys (laughs) 